Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. Welcome to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Sterling Soap and Roastery Studios, part of the Believe in Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. All live shows are presented to you by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark. I'm your host, Porter Hayes, and alongside me is Adam Hall. And we are also brought to you by Bet Online. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head on over to the website and use your promo code BLEAV. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. And we head on over to the Meadows Lumber Hotline and break in Jake Hatch. Jake, we talked last year at, at the preview in the BYU game out in Utah. Now it's round two of the home and home series. And again, thank you so much for, for coming on tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, boys. So a new, like we were talking about this morning on the radio show, you know, Two similar teams, but, you know, it seems like two different teams. You know, um, coming into the game against Arkansas, uh, BYU won 40-21 to 21 last week, uh, giving them some motivated motivation coming into Fayetteville. Uh, just kind of give our fans, listeners, a little breakdown of the season so far and, and what to expect coming into this game on Saturday. Well, biggest change for BYU is they're now members of the Big 12 Conference. Uh, they've played their first two games of the year against so-called lesser-than opponents. Sam Houston was their opener, and that they're a team making the transition to the FBS ranks, and BYU uh, ground their way to a 14-0 victory in that one. And then last week had their annual FCS game against Southern Utah, an in-state opponent, and as you mentioned, rolled them pretty good. So uh, the Cougars are, as they say, right where they want to be. They're 2-0 to start the season. But uh, this week, beginning with Arkansas, begins a 10-game stretch the toughest stretch in BYU football history of 10 straight Power 5 opponents. Obviously, Arkansas being non-conference and then nine Big 12 games following that. Uh, a big test ahead for BYU, but in talking with the players and coaches at practice, they're very, very excited to really see the, the ramp up in terms of the overall level of competition. And we'll start it off, I mean, with, with the news of, you know, Rocket Sanders not playing against BYU. Has that kind of changed how Ark or not Arkansas but has that changed how BYU is kind of coming at this game and more so keying on you know KJ Jefferson and and respecting that pass game a little bit more knowing he's really been an efficient uh, uh passer this year completing 73% of his passes or does BYU respect the other guys in that stable and still trying to really come at this team as a pure balanced attack well, I think the biggest thing for BYU is they're just wary of Arkansas. They, they, they learned their lesson last year when Arkansas came to Provo and just absolutely ran rough shot on offense. K.J. Jefferson, I'll never get that play he made. Tyler Batty, BYU's pe- best pass rusher, went high on him. He essentially just bounces off of him, scrambles, and makes just an absolutely incredible play. And it, it, like That play will literally never leave my mind. It's been a big topic of conversation around BYU, obviously, because of, of the rematch this week. But uh, BYU's very wary of the Razorbacks. Yes, Raheem Sanders, not having Rocket Sanders in the 
backfield is going to help BYU's chances because he roughed BYU up in his own right. 175 yards a year ago, absolutely was dominant on the ground. And he's one of the premier backs in the country. There's no doubt about it. So uh, him not playing in this game does give BYU better opportunity, but they know that KJ Jefferson was absolutely fantastic last year when he played against them. And he's off to a very, very good start this season. So going into this weekend, you know, I read and heard that the coaches and the uh, players are not looking at this like a revenge game, you know, 60 new guys on the roster. So, I mean, is their approach just like any other week? Uh, well, okay. I, I've had some conversations with some other players. Mm-hmm. Kalani said there's that revenge will only take you so far. The players who actually played in that game, I talked to a couple of them. They said that there is some thought in the back of their mind that there's a little bit of a payback factor or revenge factor in this game. You can't get away from it. Obviously when, when a team comes to your home field and roughs you up the way the Razorbacks did last year, BYU would like to return the favor down there in Fayetteville. Now that seems like a, a tough deal to expect that for BYU, but they, they're excited for it. They are very excited. Uh, they, got through the Sam Houston game. They rolled Southern Utah. They're ready to go. They want to play power five football. This is something that BYU went independent for 13 years ago was to get to the level they're playing at now. And I think that they're very excited finally to have a power five opponent that uh, they're representing the big 12 against an SEC team. I think they're very excited to have that uh, going into this game. And kind of bring in a national perspective into this, this topic, seeing other SEC teams struggle against Power 5 opponents early in this year. I mean, is it kind of a sense maybe BYU smelling a little blood in the water? You see how Alabama and LSU, Texas A&M's done against, you know, other opponents. You know, what would it mean for a team like BYU wanting to transition into the Big 12 and take that message into an SEC school in their home stadium and, and try to come out with a win? I think it would be one of their biggest wins of the year, honestly, if they, if they pull this off, going to Arkansas and winning this game. like It would be a nice introduction uh, for them with their Big 12 counterparts saying, hey, look, we can go to an SEC school and win a football game just like Texas did. Now, I know that Texas is leaving the conference after this year, but it still counts in terms of a Big 12 win over an SEC program. I think BYU would like to continue that momentum, obviously, by beating the Razorbacks down there in Fayetteville. So, yeah, I absolutely believe that they they do have a little bit of that, that pride in them as they know that, hey, some of these other SEC teams are off to a little bit of a slow start. Let's see if we can catch them napping. And then, you know, coming into this game, we we mentioned it before, you know, about the passing attack. You know, you didn't really see much of that last year in the game. You're talking about K.J. Jefferson and his ability to run the ball. Now Arkansas has kind of found a couple of weapons that they can throw to and have that air attack and really be efficient. So what's been the biggest difference you've seen on how they prepared with with that compared to just kind of king on a K.J. Jefferson? Well, I, I can tell you this much. Uh, last year, that game against Arkansas was the straw that broke the, the proverbial camel's back for BYU defensively. Their defensive coordinator tendered his resignation after that game, and Kalani Sitake, their head coach, stepped in and essentially became the defensive coordinator the rest of the year after that game went down. So uh, it necessitated a wholesale change with their defensive staff during the offseason. They only kept one assistant. They brought in Jay Hill, a highly respected defensive mind from Weber State, to come in as the defensive coordinator. And that's the thing about this is, they have got a whole new defensive philosophy. And uh, in talking with Jay Hill, their defensive coordinator, he knows that Dan Enos, the new offensive coordinator, is going to obviously have some wrinkles that they have don't have on film quite yet that he'll be throwing at BYU. But Jay Hill said, hey, 
It's the same thing for us. We have things that we can throw at them that they have not seen on film either. So there's a very interesting chess match going back and forth. But BYU is very wary of those tall wide receivers that Arkansas has. They've got three very solid cornerbacks that they've been relying on so far this year. And the hope is that those three will be able to match up and, and hold their own. Because if not, I'm not convinced that the depth beyond those three are going to be capable of slowing these players down. So um, I don't. I haven't seen. I've seen a lot of talk on for the fans traveling. Mm-hmm. You know, um, nothing but love from when Arkansas fans went to BYU last season. So how did the BYU fans feel about coming to Fayetteville this go around? They're excited. Uh, you're going to see a healthy contingent of Cougar fans. I actually have a very good friend from my college days at BYU who actually lives an hour south of you guys, uh, south, south of Fayetteville, and he, he and his wife are making the trip up. They'll be in BYU Blue. He's an air traffic controller down there in Arkansas, and he's ecstatic to have the Cougars come into his neck of the woods. So uh, there's there's going to be a, a good contingent of Cougar fans, some of them local, a lot of them traveling. I, I know of a couple people here in the Salt Lake area that are making the trip out, obviously, and you'll see a lot of BYU blue in the stands. I know that Razorback fans will dwarf them, but uh, you'll see that BYU blue all over in Fayetteville. And looking at, you know, the defensive side of the ball for BYU, knowing that Arkansas is really, you know, complete different game from last year when you're talking about the ability to run, you know, talk about a little bit the defensive front and how do you think they would stack up in, in boxing, you know, boxing it up and trying to prevent the run? Do you think that's going to be their big key and seeing how – Kent State and Western Carolina has done, or, or what, what's their a plan of attack? The whole philosophy for Jay Hill defensively comes from the Kyle Whittingham tree of coaching, and that the whole goal with your defense is to shut down the opposition's run game. That they, they want to make you one dimensional, and they, what the one dimension is is to make you throw the football on them. They they do not want to let you run. BYU went to the transfer portal heavily uh, during this past offseason. You mentioned the sixty, roughly sixty new players into the program. A lot of them are on the defensive side of the football, and three of them in particular are on that defensive front and expected to play a big role in BYU's rush defense. They've equipped themselves pretty well so far against both Sam Houston and Southern Utah have uh, limited uh, both of those programs less than 100 yards rushing. The hope is that they can continue that trend against Arkansas, but uh, they're also very aware that, hey, that's a Conference USA and a WAC team. Now this is an SEC football program. It's a whole other level of trying to defend that. And coming into Fayetteville, you know, just the you yeah. know, coming into the big stadium, you know, and, and trying to you know, not get overwhelmed about, like I said, you're coming into the Big 12 and, and not really, you know, seeing an environment that you're used to in Arkansas. You know, what kind of aspects of the game do you think that BYU is going to try to do to really kind of calm themselves down and not really let the atmosphere and the fans kind of get to them in, in this game? Well, this is a BYU team during Independence that's played all over the country in some of the biggest venues you can find. There was a game in 2018. They went to Wisconsin, who was ranked number five at the time, and upset the Badgers at Camp Randall. During that game, they do the jump around at the end of the third quarter ahead of the fourth quarter. BYU's players were out on the field just jumping around with the crowd. And I've I've talked with enough Wisconsin people who said it absolutely stunned them. He said a lot of teams are like, wow, what is going on here? But BYU embraced it uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, Other thing is BYU went to Tennessee in 2019. I was there myself and a hundred thousand plus people in Knoxville were just going I going crazy and BYU gets the win there they have embraced some of the biggest environments they've ever played in and in many ways they thrive in those environments they they embrace it Kalani Satake has encouraged his players go there you're playing in some of the best places in all college football enjoy it, it, it take in the atmosphere and be, and be a part of it and I think in some ways 
it's actually given BYU an advantage of not being shell-shocked, uh, so to say, when it comes to going some, to some of these venues. So you were talking about, you know, the the first two games and the the opponents and whatnot, and I was kind of looking at it earlier when I was looking at um, the red zone stats for BYU and Arkansas. You know, both at 100%. I think Arkansas is 8 for 8 and BYU 6 for 6. So who do you feel is going to break first on that? Uh, I would say I, I'm going to, I guess BYU would, I, the biggest thing for BYU right now is offensively. The passing game has come along nicely. The run game seems to be stuck in neutral. It's kind of a similar storyline to what Arkansas mm-hmm. is dealing with right now. <laughs> they got to find a way to, to run the football. If they can't run the football effectively. They're going to get stymied at some point in the red zone. So I, I would say that BYU is the first to have that streak broken. And helping you on the offensive side of the ball, you got Kate, Kate on Slovis coming back. So, you know, coming into this game, I know having a veteran quarterback, somebody who, you know, played against Arkansas last year, being that captain, I'm sure that helps Ar- or helps BYU prepare against Arkansas this week. Well, let me clarify. Keaton's actually a transfer into the okay. football program. Jaron Hall was the quarterback last that's year. Right, that's right, that's right. He's now with the Minnesota Vikings, but they brought in Keaton via the, the transfer portal, and he's a guy who has played four years of Power 5 football, obviously three of them at USC and then the one year at Pitt, and uh, he's talked about the fact that he's very excited to be part of BYU's debut season in the Big 12. Uh, this is the level of football he's always wanted to play, and he's he's looking forward to it. Uh, we're supposed to speak with him tomorrow during media availability. We're recording this on uh, Tuesday, so Wednesday's hit when he is supposed to speak, and I'm, I'm excited to hear him kind of talk about his memories of playing Power 5 football. The funny story about him is he's actually played against BYU as a quarterback for USC and lost in Provo, so he he knows uh, what these environments are like. I'm fully expecting him to lead BYU there uh, against the Razorbacks and be one of those leaders who's not wowed or awed by the moment. He should be just uh, all systems go. And you're talking about the, the run game with L.J. Martin, 119 yards total on 22 carries. And you talk about, you know, you've only got 57 rushes on the year. So do you think that that is what you were talking about, just the inability of the run game to get going? Or or, or do you think that's just how heavy pass game that, that BYU is trying to come into this game? BYU wants to get the run game going. It's just it's part of Aaron Roderick, their offensive coordinator's philosophy. It's all about balance, if at all possible, and they want to get it going. The problem is their top two running backs. You mentioned L.J. Martin is their leading rusher. He was the third string running back coming into the season. Now he is a four star uh, prospect they brought in out of El Paso, Texas, and he's very much Im- impressed. Obviously through the first two games, and he very well might become the number one running back in the near future. But they have two other guys. One is Deion Smith from Colorado. The other is Aiden Robbins, formerly of Louisville and U. LV that they expect to get going at some point. The other thing is the offensive line has had a mass shuffle uh, during this offseason. Players switching positions, obviously they were already inside the program, and three newcomers to the program who are starting right now at new positions. They've got to get settled in and obviously work together because the, the run game it very much has been hampering BYU's offensive output so far. So with the, we'll say, not full-on struggles of the run game, you know, how does Cody Epps coming back um, effect, you know, with the receiving game, is that going to help maybe open up a little bit more in the passing game to get the running game going? Yeah, absolutely. He, he's expected to play this week against Arkansas, and he'll be a big, big addition to BYU. They have got a very good wide receiver contingent, even with him having sat out the first two mm-hmm. games of the year. But when he's on the field, he's as dynamic a receiver that BYU has had. He was formerly Bryce Young, uh, formerly the Heisman Trophy winner, obviously mm-hmm. number one 
pick to the uh, Carolina Panthers. Cody Epps was his number one receiver in high school at modern day. They, they, they graduated together. Cody has been hampered by injuries during his three years at BYU so far. And the hope is that when he takes the field and as soon as this Saturday, that he can get back to doing what he's doing last year. He played in nine games a year ago and was really the kind of the breakout star of the season. And the hope is the Cougars can get him going right from uh, the jump when they take on Arkansas. And just one question, you know, off the off this game. I mean, both teams have their conference opener the following yep. week. So, I mean, the biggest thing is, you know, from a BYU aspect of what are they trying to get out of this game moving forward in the conference season? And, and as we talked about earlier this morning on your radio show, this is kind of that last dress rehearsal until you start conference play. So what big things are you hoping to see out of this game on Saturday? Uh, I think the biggest thing I'm hoping to see is BYU be able to match up the power five against power five, like to see them compete head to head with a power five football program I mentioned. It's the final dress rehearsal. This doesn't have an impact on the conference season, but BYU has nine conference games following it. And I just want to see BYU be able to go toe to toe with a fellow power five program and see how they, see how they measure up. I, 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 that's the biggest thing for me. The other thing they've got to show is that they are capable of moving the football against this level of competition. They've moved it uh, to a degree against Southern Utah. That's an FCS program. They also moved it and they had a struggle against Sam Houston, but uh, we'll see. It's going to be a big question mark. Okay, can BYU compete at this level? And more importantly, can they put points on the board at this level? And it wouldn't be a college football show if we did not talk about Colorado. And we're talking about another aspect of the similar points with BYU and Arkansas. Well, next year we got Texas and OU coming into the SEC. You've got mm-hmm. Colorado and what they've done in a short time already. I know we're not jumping ahead and calling them they're going to go 9, 10, 11 wins, but how much pressure do you think that puts on a program like BYU trying to really cement themselves in the Big 12, and you already see what, what a team like Colorado's done year one? I mean, does that put any kind of pressure on your program coming into a new conference? Well, it absolutely does. And the other thing about this is Utah, BYU's arch rival is going to be coming into the Big 12 next year as well. And they're the back-to-back Pac-12 champions. So, yeah, they 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 feel some pressure knowing, hey, we've really got a one-year deal here to kind of establish ourselves in the pecking order. And then all of a sudden, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah are hopping in. And all of them are established Power 5 programs from the Pac-12. So, yeah, BYU does feel that pressure. Uh, and they, they expect to go out and hopefully surprise some folks this year and establish themselves and say, hey, we're a bona fide Power 5 football program obviously the next 10 games will tell us exactly where they stand and if you was to i know we did this last year when we we let you go you know if you was to you know off of what you know about both teams and and what you've seen today at practice if you was to put a score or a prediction on this game on saturday what, what would you say including the the 630 environment in fayetteville what what would you think the outcome of the, the game is going to be I think BYU will, will equip themselves well. I, I think they'll play well, but I do think that they fall a little bit short. Uh, my prediction, uh, the, talking to some people around BYU earlier today, actually, I said I, I think Arkansas 28, BYU 24. I think it's a pretty tight game, but I do think the Razorbacks win it. The biggest thing for BYU is this season, in many ways, is just an opportunity to really learn the ropes of playing Power 5 football. They've been what I like to term Power 5 adjacent as an independent for the past decade plus. Now you are a bona fide Power 5 football program. This year is about going out there and learning what it takes to compete at this level. And then obviously from uh, 2024 and beyond to continue to build from that, obviously. And, you know, like we said um, this morning, you know, when, when y'all come, it, we've already made it aware through social media and our fans to 
really make it known how they made Arkansas fans feel welcome this year. So I'm sure when y'all come to Fayetteville and, and bring your crew, you're going to be welcome with open arms and you have to try Wright's Barbecue when, when you get into Fayetteville. That, that's a must stop. So if you go to one place in your time in Fayetteville, Wright's Barbecue is the place to go. Good to know. I, I will I will file that away. And obviously, I know Cougar fans are ecstatic. They're very much looking forward to this trip. It's it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime deal, and uh, they're very excited for it. We appreciate you jumping on, Jake. Safe travels, and good luck the rest of the way, other than, of course, on Saturday. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, that was Jake Hash of KLS Sports Zone. Uh, we had him on last year this time, and, and I'll tell you what, I mean, similar teams. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, and you were talking about the programs. It's crazy when you're talking about their struggles, our struggles. It's similar, other than we feel like we have the depth. And this is going to be a game where I feel like the depth. I, I told them this morning on the radio show, I got 38-28 standing right now on what I get because I just think the depth of Arkansas is going to eventually take over the game. And uh, with them not being able to run the ball and relying mm-hmm. on the pass and how our pass defense has been, I, I think if they're going to score, they're going to get some points. But I, I got it 38-28. I'm sitting right around that 34-21. Um, I'd like to see – well, I mean, obviously you'd like to see touchdowns. But I'd like to see, you know, Cam Little get out there um, yeah. and be able to knock down one or two. But, you know, kind of like you were talking – or you all touched on with Colorado coming in and what they're doing. I mean, I kind of look at Arkansas was in that same – boat with or similar boat with Texas and OU coming in, you know, kind of had that year to try to solidify things. And then you have Texas doing what they've done, kind of like Colorado's doing what they're doing. Yeah, it, it's it's very, you know, crazy. And then, of course, with, with the run game and, and Rocket, but I'll tell you what, and, and this is something I really looked at, you know, the way A.J. Green run the ball and how just shifty he was, I think mm-hmm. that's going to be – an element that you're going to have KJ kind of take over how, how rocket run, you know, and Mm -hmm. I got to give a shout out. I know they're not very popular amongst the crowd and the Razorback fans, but Zach Arns of of the Ruskin and Zach show, he made a very, very good point on the radio today. He was talking about how Kendall Bryles and the blocking scheme, how they try to spread the field out and find these creases. And that's why, you know, we might be seeing some of these woes of, you know, because Dan Enos wants them packed in, stacked mm-hmm. in, and run right at you. So now this is something that not only are you trying to fit the pieces on your offensive line, you're also having to teach them how to block in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I think I didn't even think about that till I heard that. But I think that's been something that's been lost in transition and, and overlooked is, not only has this offense had to learn a new offensive coordinator and his tactics, but you, the blocking, and that makes perfect sense on the pass blocking. That's mm-hmm. more of a spread it out, wide, wide kind of type, uh, style of blocking opposed to running it right at them. So, yeah, and then, you know, one thing that I was talking about with uh, some guys at work a few days, or I guess it was Monday, um, and I hadn't really thought much about it, but, you know, the switch from Bryles to Enos, um, the different blocking schemes, some of the running woes. But, you know, we haven't really fully seen, like, KJ underneath the center as much as we thought we were going to. So, him still being back, if they've been implementing all these under center formations plays or whatever, and he's still, you know, in shotgun the majority of the time like he has been. I mean, we it's, you know, them going back to we haven't seen – 
they're not opening things up. Things are vanilla, whatever the, you know, whatever you want to say. I mean, that's kind of true in that aspect. I just really hadn't thought much about him not really being under center like he was talked about. And I, and, and what we're talking about that dress rehearsal, I, I mm. think you're going to see a lot more of it. This is look, you, you, you have to show everything. You have to work on everything because I'm telling you what, this is it before this next brutal four game stretch. And if you don't work on it, and you don't get things down, you're going to be in a heap of trouble because, look, you're playing two of your four teams, and LSU and Alabama are pissed off. So, oh, yeah. you, know, they're, you know, they're not coming in and Texas A&M too. So three of the four, you know, are pissed off. So what other team are they looking at, especially with Texas A&M, team that really want in LSU? So it's going to be interesting to see how all that plays out. But I do see Arkansas winning this game, and, and we're going to see a pumped-up crowd, a pumped-up team, and I'm really looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Um, you know, the lower tier schools, if you will, done and out of the way. So let's get things rolling and see where we stack up. That's right. And we can't wait to see the action on Saturday. Again, this has been another episode of the Hog Talk Podcast. BYU Preview presented to you by Bet Online and Arkansas Brewing Company. Throw your predictions out. Drop your questions, comments to us on Facebook, Twitter. We're always here to listen to your questions and comments. We love interacting with our fans. But for Adam Hall, Porter Hayes, that will do it for this episode, and we will catch you on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.